the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There is plenty, plenty to talk about, in my opinion. Um, starting with, but not limited to in any way, shape, or form, the stock market. We will play a little bit with the economy. We will hit some of the headline news that is out there today. And again, we'll just generally try to do a show about your money and your finances. Don't be shy. Be a part of the show. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, The stock market, I would have guessed, would have opened higher today with earnings out of J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs that were generally pretty good. Goldman Sachs, their net surged on investment banking. They beat on revenue. They beat on earnings. They're in $2.83 billion after paying preferred dividends compared with $978 million last year. Economic conditions remain challenging for the company. You know, right now they're on very disciplined management and making sure that they don't, you know, uh, how shall we say, overpay. They're reducing their headcount. They reduced their headcount by about 3% last quarter. Um, average employee at Goldman Sachs earns roughly 400000 Dollars a year. Not too shabby if you can get it, right? Mama, let your kids grow up to be bankers, not cowboys. Although I do have a thing for cowboys, I must admit. J.P. Morgan Chase's board of directors cut CEO Jamie Dimon's annual bonus in half at J.P. Morgan, uh, citing the $6.2 billion London whale trading loss. Diamond's pay for 2012 was $11.5 million. The company said in a filing, including a salary of $1.5 million and a bonus of $10 million. So we feel bad. They had a nice quarter. They didn't have as nice of a quarter as Goldman Sachs did. But again, cost-cutting seems to be the phrase, right-sizing. And that's tough to rally around. The stock market's at a five-year high. Um, and we're seeing slope. Slow. <laughs> um, patent pending that word. Slow growth. Slowing growth. Look, you try to do a radio show every day. Come up with new words. See how you do. With that said, uh, you know, again, with the financial numbers, I would have said that's going to be enough to get us, you know, moving higher. And maybe it does by the end of the day. NASDAQ's up two. The Dow down 37. The SP 500 down two. Those are the market numbers. Ding, 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 ding. I know you're saying, if I pay you, will you come to my house and do that? Absolutely. I work for six packs of beer. Good six pack of beers, I'll be it. Unless I need to wash my car, then I'll work for a six pack of course. 
The euro trading a buck thirty-two today, uh, compared to the dollar. Ten-year trading sits at one point eight one percent. Not a lot of movement there. Not a lot of volatility. Kind of dullness is set into the market. Um, but we are hearing some interesting stuff. You know, again today, Boeing lower after all Nippon Airways and Japan Airlines grounded the seven eighty-seven jets. Their entire fleet of Dreamliners. They had to have an emergency landing a week after a battery in Japan Airlines Dreamliner caught fire. So U.S. regulators are going to review the design and manufacturing. So it seems to have some sort of issue with its lithium-ion batteries because it seems to be inconsistently popping, uh, I don't want to say popping fuses because I don't know what I'm talking about, but it seems to be having battery problems. Chipotle Mexican Grill is human. Or is it a dancer? Chipotle Mexican Grill, take us CMG. They're 8% lower today. They issued a warning. Gave me too much guac last quarter. I said, how about a little more guac? They gave me too much guac, and guac is expensive. Avocados aren't cheap. The World Bank cut its 2013 global GDP growth forecast to 2.4% from 3%. Okay, now you're bumming me out, Black. Boeing lower. 787 Dreamliner flights suspended. Chipotle Mexican Grill, too much guac, down 8%. Hey, cut down on the guac. The World Bank cutting their GDP growth forecast. (laughs) It's all bad out there today. I'm empathic. The currency war concerns are creeping up to the forefront. Eurogroup head Junker said the euro is dangerously high, i.e. we want to lower our currency so we can do more manufacturing globally. Debt ceiling issue continues to be a wet blanket, and basically everyone hates the Republicans who are fighting it. Even Republicans are hating Republicans on it. Debt ceiling has nothing to do with Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. It's being used inappropriately. It has more to do with what we've already promised to pay. So it can only hurt everyone's cause by not paying our bills, raising the cost of future bills. Maybe that's good. Maybe we'd start putting stuff out of reach for people. CPI on a year-over-year basis up 1.7%. Core CPI was up 1.9%. Gasoline was lower, but food and shelter costs were higher. So we've got that going for us. Industrial production is going to follow today at 915 Ten-year treasury notes up 10 ticks today, bringing its yield down to 1.81%. So it's kind of a guarded tone. Pacific Crest came out today and said Apple's iPhone business is going to be dead in the water. Basically saying the high-end market for smartphones and tablets saturated sooner than expected. They say the demand for incremental hardware improvement is waning. Essentially, they don't believe people will continue to upgrade to a new iPhone. If the market for the iPhone buyers is already maxed out and the market for upgrading phones is weak, then Apple's iPhone business is going to struggle. The iPad should pick up some of the slack for Apple, but it is a lower, inexpensive part or sale. An Apple television not going to be a huge business like the iPhone. It'll make less money. It'll sell in smaller units. A cheaper iPhone will create the same problems the cheaper iPad mini creates, a cannibalization of the sales and profits on the high end. Software and services revenues from iTunes and iCloud not going to be enough to accelerate the company as big as Apple. In short, Apple's an iPhone company. 
and basically the days of mega growth are over, and thus Apple's fantastic stock run is over as well. So the hypergrowth days are over, according to one analyst. There's nothing in his statements that I say is crazy. I would say the valuation looks cheap, and that's worthy of note. I would also say that there's a dynamic that maybe the cheaper iPhone doesn't come to America. Maybe it goes to foreign markets where they need to get. Maybe there's a dynamic of what do they do with all their cash. I'm starting to get in the group that I'd like to see Apple do something big, like potentially buy Nokia with some of their cash. I know it sounds like a crazy idea, but Nokia makes good phones that are well-received in foreign markets, not so much in the United States. It's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. They have to do something, maybe buy Twitter. It's a thought. So anyway, hyper-growth companies become growth companies. They're no longer moonshots. Chipotle is no longer a moonshot. Apple's no longer a moonshot. Growth companies become growth and income companies if they're good. And if they're very, very good, in the long term, they become income companies. You always have to classify what you own and why you own it. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. We're talking all things financial. Don't be shy. You can tweet me, Rob Black Show. You can follow me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can drop me an email question or post a question at Facebook under my fan page, Cron4 Rob Black, Cron4 Rob Black, or my group page, I Hate Rob Black. Take a break here. Listen to me, Rob Black, on the All, All Things Financial on the Wall Street Business Network. KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Through the Sinol grade, we have three cars blocking a second lane from the left on southbound 680 right after Andrade Road. The backup is just beginning to build right now. Meanwhile, we're taking a look through the Altamont Pass where westbound 580 has been jammed from 205 to Airway Boulevard. There is an accident at Airway. Two cars are off to the right-hand shoulder. A look along south 880 where traffic is slow from 238 to Alvarado Niles Road. We have two separate accidents westbound 237 right before Matilda Avenue. One crash is blocking a center lane. The other vehicle is in the center divide. Traffic is backed up from Lawrence Expressway. There's also a crash at Lawrence. That's off to the right shoulder. Hate traffic. Don't be a hater. Get a Garmin Nuvi with subscription-free HD digital traffic and avoid it with updates as often as every 30 seconds. Drive with Garmin, the most trusted name in GPS. For more traffic information, log on to SigAlert.com. I'm Karina Velasquez with your Bay Area Traffic. Bay Area talk show host Bill Wattenberg. I'll bet you'd rather plan your vacation than think about your financial plan. Who wants to study asset allocation or read financial reports when you can check the weather in Hawaii? Pat Fatucci is one guy who can help you with your financial plan. Pat and I have done many seminars together over the years. Check for upcoming seminars. His website is don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat's been in the business for over 30 years. He's an independent financial advisor, and I think that's pretty important. He'll meet with you, sort of like a financial checkup, no cost, no obligation, to take a look at your financial affairs. You can call Pat Petucci anytime. It's absolutely no cost, no obligation. Schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up. Call toll-free, 888-PLANWISE, 888-752-6947. That's 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-752-6947.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So once again, this is of Monsters and Men making it two big songs they've had off this album. Can they make it three? Oh, I just said the word that just doesn't exist or click with some people anymore. Album. Play with me against me. There is a right answer. You need to choose a side. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. J.P. Morgan profit up 53%. Goldman Sachs blowout numbers, and the markets are struggling today. The Dow is down 36, the S&P 500 down 1, the NASDAQ up 3. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I saw recently in a statement, 58% of investors feel that the federal deficit is the biggest risk to long-term investing. I mostly agree with that because the federal deficit in Greece eventually caught up to them. They didn't raise enough taxes. They couldn't collect to, to service that debt. Deficit equals debt. It is, but Operation Twist, which was also known as QE2, that was announced. Sure. Um, that really kind of refinanced some government debt from short-term to longer-term treasuries in the second phase of that. So it really pushes that problem out, you know, five to ten years because they put it in the longer end of the curve. So right now it looks like it's a problem that just was pushed down the road. So I might be more concerned of that in five to ten years from now. More what I'm concerned about is who's going to print money the fastest because as long as the dollar is stronger, commodity prices will stay level or fall. But if the dollar starts to weaken again, commodity prices go up, and then margins start to erode on some of the companies. You have to take a you know, really close eye on what margins are doing since they're at all-time highs. Some of these statistics scare me, Chad. Do you let, ever let them scare you? Like, for instance, I saw three-quarters of women will, be, will hit poverty in retirement. That's a pretty scary number. Yeah. Um, Social Security is not going to cover enough of uh, your cost of living. Uh, I see studies that you know people under the age of 40 don't believe in the stock market because all they've seen is 10 you know crazy volatile years. They're not saving anything, zero. They'd rather have you know a vacation now and figure it out later. Do statistics ever scare you? Well, the problem is, is I've never known anybody that's actually been pulled, so it's almost like they make these up. I don't know where they come from. I've never been asked anything. I've asked clients. They've never been pulled. The scarier thing is just what I look to see what other people I know are, that are doing. For example... If I look at some people in their 30s, they're more worried about buying a house right now yeah. than putting money into their 401k. If you put a dollar into the 401k, the entire dollar goes to work. If you have a dollar, you take it home, you only have 60 or 70 cents left to put into a mortgage, which is a liability, right? So systematically save into your 401k, monthly put money into your Roth IRAs, max those options out before you get into a house, and you won't end up being one of these statistics if you start doing that in your 20s and 30s. I recent, well, I didn't recently, but I remember there's always something to worry about, whether it's inflation or deflation or high oil or low oil, peak oil, are we going to run out? The me- financial media scares us. Mm-hmm. There's always a negative story. There's always, you know, a, a David Tice, isn't that the guy who shorts the market, uh, who will always come out and say, you know, corporate America is a sham. It's not really working. Stay away from it. Uh, what do you think about watching CNBC or not watching CNBC? and continue to invest on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, CNBC is the, you know, that whole five people on the screen arguing, saying the what-ifs, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I like the, the more direct news feeds like Bloomberg, for example, to give you the better idea of what's going on in the long run. Um, typically, investing anytime it's an emotional with fear or panic or greed, 
that's when you get into trouble. So systematic saving, having a strategy that you stick with, that's how you win. And then like I say, make love sweet love. Yes. Enjoy California. Enjoy the Pacific Northwest. Go on vacation. Systematic savings is the way to go and trying to get some of that noise out with a white noise filter of i.e. your life. Mm-hmm. You know, live your life and continue to save from age 20 to 60. That's the best thing the average person can do. Absolutely. So with that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. He works at New Focus Financial. He's a financial planner. He's got teams of financial planners. I have a tie to New Focus Financial. Great firm. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. One of the funnier, no, no, I'm not going to say funny. Let me correct this. ER visits tied to energy drinks double since 2007. New government survey suggests the number of people seeking emergency treatment after consuming energy drinks has doubled. 2007-2011, the government estimates the number of emergency room visits involving the neon-labeled beverages shot up from about 10,000 to more than 20,000. Most of them are teens or young adults. The report doesn't specify what symptoms bring them in, but a lot of people don't realize the strength of the drinks. Someone that recently came into an ER room who had drunk three energy drinks in an hour, which is equivalent to 15 cups of coffee. Essentially gave himself a stress test and thankfully passed, but if he had a weak heart or suffered from coronary disease and didn't know it, it could have been bad things. We are a nation, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to be my statement of the day. We probably should go down to one cup of coffee and water. I know, I know it's crazy, but I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. And financially speaking, it might be pretty good. Wendy's, profits, top analyst expectations. I never liked that freaky redhead child. I know you're saying, don't, don't say all of us are freaky redheads because we're not. I like redheads. But for some reason, that, that bright red child scared me as a kid. Worse than the clown or the hamburglar or the Mr. Snuffleupagus. Those are some scary images to a kid. How about Grimace? Ugh. I mean, certainly he had a criminal background. So Wendy's fourth quarter earnings topped expectations. The hamburger chain maintained its fiscal 2013 adjusted earnings forecast. Stock up 4%. Income jumped to $22.4 million. That's up from $4 million a year earlier. Pretty good quarter. They're known for their Frosties, which for the record are pretty good. I won't deny that. They're square burgers. They said revenue at the company in North American restaurants opened at least 15 months and remodeled. Slipped slightly. So there's a lot of competition right now. In fact, Chipotle Mexican Grill is getting hit today in large part. Um, lost its lobster. It's down 18 bucks, down 6%. PE of about 32 times. I asked for too much guacamole last quarter. Clearly, they're struggling. High PE of 32 times this year's earnings, 27 times next year's earnings. Any sort of miss on revenue or earnings... And, and flying stocks get hit. And this is a stock that's been flying. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. If I were to say, let's take a water challenge. Can we give up all sodas for one month and just drink water? Do you know how much money you would save? All sodas, all coffees, all beverages that we pay for. And I bet at the end of that month, we'd all be feeling a little bit better. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, let me know. A little equipment testing right now. Getting a bit of a brutal echo, so give me a second while I uh, find out a good way to talk without hearing myself right back at myself. Um, Howard Schultz. He's one of those CEOs that we could study and learn from. He shared a fantastic little anecdote about a cheese shop at a recent conference. He said, every time he visits a new city, he walks the streets, goes into stores, and tries to learn something that he can copy. That's genius. Okay? So he's a, keep in mind, he's Starbucks, right? So when he visited London, he had an experience that struck him. Schultz and Whole Foods co-CEO Walter Robb, who was on the stage with the keynote with Starbucks chief, both touted the idea of love and humanity in companies. Schultz's story was meant to reflect their importance. He said, I find myself staring at a storefront that just did not belong on a street that was this expensive. There's just one sign. Not the sign of the name of the store. It just said the word cheese. It was a 600-square-foot store and a 10-foot-wide storefront. So he walked into the store. The store was merchandised very poorly, very bad lighting. And I walk in, and there's a guy behind the counter, maybe 75 years old, wearing a flannel shirt. It's ripped at the elbow. Definitely not a uniform and definitely not well-presented. So Howard Schultz started talking to the guy. He said the guy was kind of gruff at first, and I started asking him questions. Finally, I got up the courage to say, how do you afford rent here? He said, the guy at the store said, we don't afford the rent. We own the building. And then we started talking a little bit about the heritage and the tradition. He says, young man, I've been here for about 50 years. My grandfather was here before, and my great-great-grandfather was a goat herder. So this store, this business, has been in our family for generations. I certainly could make much, much more money by selling the building than I could by selling cheese. But what, I say, what would I say to my son? His next generation. And how would I look myself in the mirror and think about the pride and the responsibility that I have and the people that come here before me? And with that conversation, every now and then he was giving me a sample of cheese. So Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks, walks into a cheese store in a very expensive neighborhood. It was not a brilliant sign. It was not a well presentation, but it was a man whose father's father's father had started the business. And before he knew it, Howard Schultz had spent 50 bucks on cheese. And he thinks this was the greatest merchant he had ever met. So, long story short, Howard Schultz learned something. And I think we could all learn something about love, about responsibility, about knowing product. I mean, cheese, don't we, don't we all love cheese, the texture of cheese, the mouth feel of cheese, how the cheese would go with wine, about the humanity of this story? I like Howard Schultz enormously. 
He's one of those CEOs that I think he's – I don't want to go as far as to say genius, but I think he's smarter than, than people think. Um, what else do we have to talk about? California is kicking butt right now. California came back from the brink on a lot of levels. It's a state that's kind of dug in. It has a lot of flaws. A lot of its flaws get hidden by good revenue. So when the economy is good, our flaws become disappeared, invisible. We went through a lot during the recession. We led the nation in the recession. We've led the nation out of the recession. There's a lot of city councils in 2008. Um, Vallejo went bankrupt. We recalled our governor. That got Governor Schwarzenegger in. The state breaks its own record for failing to enact a budget. The payrolls, the economy collapsed in 2008, 2009. The housing market got obliterated. Confidence fell. California had to issue IOUs. And then things started to recover in 2009. Payroll started picking back up. Going from the negatives to the increasings. Home prices are on the rise since the bottom in 2008. As far as prices go. Transactions hit a bottom in 2008. Prices hit a bottom in 2010, 2011. The leading index is up. The confidence index is up. So what happened? What made this magic? It's pretty simple. Year-over-year state employment growth in five different sectors. Silicon Valley is booming. San Francisco's foreclosure rate is now one of the lowest in the nation, one out of 2,400 units. The nation's one out of 700. It's hard to stay down for long when you have Jeff Bezos, Sergey Brin, Mark Zuckerberg leading technology. I know Jeff Bezos is more of a Seattle thing, but he's felt down here. When tech improves, it carries everyone along with it in the state. Unemployment rate in the state, in Orange County, it's gone from like 10% down to about 8%, just below. The United States is behind California in job creation. Orange County hosts the regional headquarters for most Asian automakers, and they've seen some phenomenal turnarounds, especially since the tsunami. Popularity of Governor Jerry Brown, his Sacramento reunion tour. He was also governor in the 70s. In his first budget, he cut spending by $12.5 billion. This year, he's proposed $8.5 billion in tax increases. You know, Prop 30 went through. It raises $6 billion via a 25-cent sales tax hike and a new marginal income rate. Because of Prop 30, Governor Brown made his historic budget surplus announcement. The Democrats have a supermajority for the first time in ages, which should end gridlock. 
The question is, for the better or for the worse? We'll find out in the days and weeks to come, but California truly is back. And again, my job here isn't to be political. My job here is to throw out as many things to make you think as possible when it comes to money. You know, the number one rule in business in investing is be greedy when others are fearful. You have to learn how to channel your inner Warren Buffet. I think that's great advice. It's great insight if you're patient. So be fearful when others are greedy. Volatility is a very poor measure of risk. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. Don't lose money. So let's go over some of these real quick. Be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. A lot of people want to wait for the stock to trade lower. People are afraid to pull the trigger. They fear that there's some sort of increased risk out there that they don't know about, so they become fearful. If you invest based on discount rates, portfolio weighting, sometimes you can like underperform for a period of time. Fear is the foe of the fattest, but the friend of the fundamentalist. I like seeing stocks collapse that I like. I have a list of stocks that I like. I can go over them. I can write them down. I can take that list and put it in my mouth. I can take it out of my mouth and show it to you. So be fearful when others are greedy. You know, if you play any Texas Hold'em, you know what? You're more willing to pay up. You're more likely to generate higher short-term market-to-market returns in an environment like today. Be contentious. Value investors who maintain their price discipline are more likely to come out better over the long term because the looser investment strategies implicitly include a component of catastrophic option selling or something that goes just wrong. So be fearful when others are greedy. Keep your value investment. Be greedy when others are fearful. Know the stocks that you want to own. And when time comes, be ready. Value investing is an investment approach that's logically coherent and people get it. I know that. If I were to tell you, let's go invest in some hyper-growth company, you'd be like, no way. If I were to say, hey, look, a company like American Express, it's been around since I was a baby. Since my mama was a baby. In a bad stock market, you think they're going to survive? They will. You need to hold fast to the belief that there is, in fact, intrinsic value for a lot of businesses out there, even if you can't figure out what it is. Wall Street's slippery. It's humbling. But it's often us that makes the mistake, not the markets. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Oh my. 
face? No, Disney. Let's do a little Disney action here. They've unveiled an ambitious initiative called Infinity. It lets players mix characters and props from Disney and Pixar movies. Disney is a company on my shopping list. I always want to own it. When I was a kid, I knew about Disney. I knew about Disney films. I remember almost peeing myself in anticipation when a movie would come out from Disney. I have to imagine kids today feel the same way. Disney bought Pixar. Pixar bought Marvel. There's a new video game play of... uh, It's called Infinity. It's brought to you by Disney's Interactive Studios. It's a video game and action figure initiative. It's been three years in the making. Basically, you could play characters from Pirates of the Caribbean, and they can play against players from The Incredibles. If you want Mr. Incredible riding in Cinderella's coach, go for it. Similar to a game called Skylanders, which was a popular toy and video game franchise from Activision Blizzard. Skylanders generated about $500 million in sales since its rival in 2011. About $30 million related toys have been sold under the brand. Skylander players collect action figures and then transfer them into the game's action by plugging them into a sensor base. Disney Interactive has kind of been a flop so far, but they'll figure it out, I think. Infinity is going to arrive in stores in June, pegged to the release of Pixar's Monsters University. You have to buy a $75 game. It comes with a base where figurines of various Disney and Pixar characters can be plugged in. Three figures come with a starter kit. Sully, Jack Sparrow, and Mr. Incredible. Other figures and add-ons are going to be priced at about 5 to 35 bucks. Disney's goal is to, collect, to create a collecting frenzy. Now it has some challenges. It can immediately be compared to Skylanders. Disney has struggled in the video game business. No secrets there. It's a pretty big departure for Disney. The thing that I like about Disney... And how do I go about this? Is how smart they are with characters. John Lasseter, he's the head of Pixar. He became an early supporter and threw the animation studio full weight behind it. He's got a trusting relationship with the studio for Disney. You know, Disney's brand stewards, as you would almost refer to them. You know, they're, they're testing the game at this point in time to see if kids like it. This is pretty restrictive. Will it work? Will it not work? The reason I talked about it for a minute or two there is that Disney's about characters. And when did Cinderella come out for Disney? Does anyone know? Cinderella, Ella, Ella, Ella. The Glass Slipper. Ye of the Glass Slipper. 1950? Is that about right? Now, the story of Cinderella goes back to 1697. And, you know, it's an archetypical name, Cinderella. It's come to mean something even bigger. So, Cinderella influences in 
every way, shape, or form. Things from the opera to the ballet, to the theater, to films, to books, to video games. I think it's a pretty iconic word. Came out in 1950. Okay, so that's, what, 62 years ago for Disney? That woman has worked for 62 years for Disney. How long do you think Monsters, Inc. is going to work? Or Mr. Incredible? Or Jack Sparrow? Or Buzz Lightyear? Or Captain America? Or the Hulk? So Cinderella's father married someone who had two just dreadful daughters, Drizella and Anastasia, right? Cinderella had to live with their jealousy. She became a servant. Cinderella is a servant, in my opinion, to Disney. What girl doesn't want to be a princess? I've got a friend who's got a daughter. I've got actually two friends who have one daughter. Uh, I'll just say, I won't say any names, because I don't want to make anyone feel weird. Okay, the couple likes theme parks. That's kind of weird. But they want to take their kid to Disney. And go talk to a couple that's been to Disney. It's expensive. The happiest place on Earth is the world's worst. It's the saddest place on Earth at 8 p.m. in the parking lot. So you take your kids to Disney World, right? And you get to sit... You, pay, you get to pay money to have a princess come have breakfast with your daughter. Now, a three-year-old girl's probably not going to remember this experience, but the parents will. And they'll videotape it, and one day they'll pull it out at her wedding and embarrass her. See, you were a princess before you were a princess. I got an email yesterday from a 26-year-old woman who's going to put $6,000 into a wedding, and her boyfriend, fiance, is going to put $6,000. I'm like, don't do it. Elope. Elope. Um, with that said, back to Cinderella, having breakfast with a princess. Yes, there's a point where ESPN may get broke, where we get a la carte and we pay for what we want instead of paying for all these cable channels that we don't watch. I think that's the biggest risk to Disney. I think they've got characters that they're going to be used. Cinderella will probably work for another 62 years and will continue to have breakfast with girls at their theme parks. Disney's probably the greatest brand company in the world, in my opinion. Would I own Disney? Absolutely. So in a bad market, in a fiscal cliff or a fiscal speed bump or whatever you want to call it, pothole, if things go to heck in a handbasket, Disney's on my list. Am I telling you to buy it? No. It's on my list. You need to come up with your own list. Stop cheating. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. The end of 2012 is almost... Board of Solar Technology is part of the Governor's Million... ...by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network. 
presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Um, holy mackerel, right? What a day. I'm trying to piece together some good stories for you in a market that doesn't have a lot of good stories today. Goldman Sachs, great numbers. But a lot of it's basically tentative. It's a lot of firing people. It's a lot of not taking big chances. It's very close to the vast. J.P. Morgan, same thing. More cuts are coming. Boeing is lower today. They've got a problem with 787, which makes you think, that's not good. They're supposed to be delivering these planes, not investigating these planes. Will it be temporary? Will it be a hiccup? Will it be a buying opportunity? I would think so. They did extensive tests on this, but you don't want to play Boeing. You probably want to play somebody who's inside of Boeing, like United Technologies. Someone who will benefit regardless because they sell to both Boeing and Airbus, the two major airplane makers in the world. So Boeing's in the news, right? Who else is in the news? Chipotle Mexican Grill. Ticker symbol CMG. Now, I know a lot of you like going out and buying stocks at 52-week highs. I don't think you ever need to do that. I think if you need to do that, you've got a mental illness. And you shouldn't be buying stocks. I like Chipotle. I've been recommending Chipotle as an idea for the last three years. I like going to Chipotle. I like that it's fast food that's fresh, or at least it feels fresh. I like that when I go to Chipotle, they give me a wink and they give me a little extra guac. And they may do that to the person behind me, but I'll tell you what, I get bitter when the guy in front of me gets more rice than me, right? So this is a fast food company. Let me give you a little story about fast food. This is my opinion. Or here's my opinion on restaurants in general. There used to be a company who made Bloomin' Onions. Outback Steakhouse, right? You know them and I know them. At Outback Steakhouse, when I first went to them in the mid-90s or early 90s, I don't even know anymore, it was wonderful. It was, well, let me even go even further back. I remember when McDonald's first came out with Chicken McNuggets, right? I think they were real chicken. Or am I just remembering that correctly? And over time, they've slowly but surely, you know, thrown in the beak and the hooves and the tails and the, you know, the, the breastplates and things, parts of the chicken that no one else wants. So then I remember going to Outback and remembering, this is pretty good. These steaks, like, maybe I was just young. Like, I'm, I'm not saying their they're steaks are made out of horse, because I wouldn't dare say that. But I don't like their... They're steaks anymore. Do you? So, 
Outback Steakhouse in the 90s rock and rolled. It, it went fantastic. It did very, very well as a stock. Then there was a company called P.F. Chang's that did very, very well, and it rocked and rolled. And I remember, um, I remember very much so going to a P.F. Chang's and going, you know what, this is really good. And typically you get your Chinese food, you know, at a Chinese restaurant. Have you ever noticed Chinese restaurants aren't typically on open table? Do you know why? Because they don't make very much money. An open table ain't cheap. So Outback you go to and you go to and you go to. And then I remember there was a day where it was like, that just stuck. I mean, it just, it's no good. It stunk. It was horrible. Or maybe a waitress, you know, just had a bad day and took it out on me. Or maybe the chef showed up late and the manager was in the kitchen. We as a nation are very mean and very bitter to our restaurants. We won't go back. We say things like, you know, I'm not tipping that waitress. That was horrible service. I'm not coming back here. One thing I can tell you is tip waiters and waitresses. That is not the most glorious job in the world. Even if they're bad service, tip them. Don't come back if you don't want to, but tip them. So we as a nation don't always come back, and that's one of the negatives that we have with restaurants. I mean, Lord knows when you find horse meat in your, in your meal or you find a fly, I forgive it in large part because I understand how tough it is to make a buck, and I understand that flies come around food. I remember one day I was at home, and I left something uncovered, and I come back, and basically a fly died in it. Like, it, it got on it, and it just couldn't get back out. It got stuck to it. I was like, I'm not going to throw away all that meat. I'm just going to cut that piece off. Like, I understand making mistakes. So anyway, um, back to reality, back to life, back to reality. So Chipotle has a big mess, and they're down. Is that the buying opportunity? Keep in mind, I think restaurants in the end, there's only one to own, McDonald's. But Chipotle brings down everyone, Buffalo Wild Wings, Panera, Jack in the Box, Starbucks. Maybe Starbucks is another restaurant to own. Cheesecake Factory. I don't know. Why would I own Cheesecake Factory? I would never own Cheesecake Factory for one reason. Their stores are huge, and they've got too many things on their menu. Um, Yum Brands is a play on China, McDonald's. I mean, every one of them are down today. Um, let's see, as far as Chipotle goes, restaurant operator lowered its fourth quarter earnings below guidance. I'm seeing if there's anything under, like, oh, the worst may be over for food cost inflation. They expect favorable pricing for avocados and dairy products, as well as moderation for some protein costs in the second half of 2013. So one analyst is saying, you know, I'd be a buyer of it. Okay, maybe you can. I think there's great growth ahead of Chipotle, and they're opening up a a Chinese-style thing concept as well where you kind of like pick your protein pick your sauces and uh we'll see we'll see with that said the cpi consumer price index came out today and it was higher on food and shelter and it was lower we saw inflation on food and shelter and it was lower on um gasoline so those are some of the stories in the news today You know, another story that's in the news that I keep hearing about time and time and time and time and time again, the flu vaccine. 
Is there an investment for the flu vaccine? Believe it or not, there is. And for the last thing, I want to end the last thought on restaurants. I think concept restaurants could be incredible plays because they go from four restaurants to eight to 20 to 200 to 400 to 900 to a million, right? Well, not a million. Okay, let's say it again. They go from two restaurants to four to eight to 80 to 800 across the United States. And they kind of get saturated. And then they hit that my argument of we get bad service, we don't go back again. Or we, we hold off for a while or we find something new. Now, you know, my next thought is the flu vaccine. That's one of those big stories. It's everywhere right now. There's three plays on it, as far as I can tell, maybe four. Novartis at a 52-week high. Since June, it's gone from 52 to 64. I like Novartis for a long-term patient investor as a play on pharmaceuticals. CVS and Walgreens, both at 52-week highs. So the play on the flu shot has already played out. But it gives you an idea of next year. Now, again, do you want to chase it? Up to you. You're listening to me. Rob Black, the show is Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. And you can find me slinging hash at McDonald's later today. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Hey. What's on your financial mind? Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, For instance, we could talk about FedEx, and I will talk about FedEx. We could talk about the investment advice industry, and I will. But first and foremost, let's take a look at the market numbers right here, right now, see what we got going on. We've got the S&P 500 down fractions, Dow down 29, the NASDAQ up 5. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, one of the big issues in retirement is knowing your sources of income. We all know Social Security is going to be there, but what other sources of income might we have? Well, it's going to come from, you're going to have a balanced portfolio, hopefully, so you have stocks and bonds in that in terms of funds and ETFs. Bonds pay interest, stocks pay dividends. If you're going to be buying individual stocks in retirement, I'm a fan of stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend. Because when the market's bad, if you have three out of ten years that are negative and your stock portfolio is down, you can still have income that's up. Right. So that's very important. But you still want going into retirement. You want you know, 20 to 40% of your income, uh-huh. especially if you think you're going to live a long time and you have longevity in your family. Sure. You want you know, 20 to 40% minimum in guaranteed lifetime income. And okay. like, like replacing what pensions used to be there for. For your parents, they used to have pensions. Right. We and don't. We don't. But you can do your own personal pensions. And even if you have a – so you basically you are turning your portfolio that you've created from age 20 to 60 into a pension. Yeah. 
you kind of start thinking, I have to annuitize this. It has to last till the day I die. Yeah. So, you know, I use a strategy where I have three years' worth of expenses, a balanced portfolio, a stock portfolio. But I also use, um, in, off, in many cases, right now bonds are a very tough thing to invest in because their prices are at an all-time high, yields are at an all-time low. I'm not seeing inflation, so I'm not scared of bonds right now. Okay. But eventually we'll have to switch. So if you're trying to say, what's a bond alternative where I can still get 5% or more over my lifetime out of my bond portfolio? There are certain no-load insurance products that can give you that type of, a, of, of an income where you can invest in a balanced portfolio and the insurance company will guarantee you know, 5 to 7% income for the rest of your life. These products used to be awful because they used to be in annuities that had back-end surrender charges, you know, 3.5% fees inside of them. Now there's no-load versions of it. Right. And there's also standalone insurance products now that will insure a portfolio for lifetime income, which is okay on a bond alternative. And, and so you, can, you have an overall strategy, and then you might have some bond alternatives in your portfolio that have guaranteed lifetime so that with your Social Security and some of those alternative uh, income investments, you have a portion that if you live till 100 and the market doesn't do well, you still have income, and that's important. As a certified financial planner, how often do people come into your office without enough retirement thinking they had enough retirement? I would say probably 50% of the time. And the reason why is because they're not thinking about health insurance costs. They're not thinking about long-term care. They're not realizing that, you know, inflation. Yeah. I mean, every about 18 years, you're, you're, you know, dollars cut in half with inflation. And is that the, you know how there's the, seven, the rule of 72? Yeah. Money doubles every seven years, something right. like that. So you divide 72 by the expected rate of return. Yeah. And that's how long it takes to double. It's the same thing. If inflation is so running up at 3%, then yeah. it's going to take 18 to 20 years for the for the opposite of that to happen, for the dollar to cut in half. So you, you have to increase, um, you know, you're, you have to have a very detailed income statement that shows your long-term projection with average expenses growing at least 3%, but your health care costs growing at 5 to 6% a year. Anything that we need to know on a final thought? Well, again, when you're, when you're looking at some of the products that are out there, be aware of who's showing you the products. If they're insurance people that get paid a commission or if they're working at a big firm or a bank that get paid a commission, the product might sound good, but you can get no-load versions of that product with much, much lower fees. So make sure you're working with a fiduciary that has your best interest in mind rather than somebody that's working on a commission and has to get paid by selling you something. I've been talking with CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. FedEx's CEO once saved the company. Listen to this. He took 5000 bucks and he turned it into $32,000 gambling in Vegas. The founder, Frederick Smith, current CEO of FedEx, took his personal fortune of around $4 million. He raised an additional $90 million. He founded a delivery company structured such he could potentially deliver packages overnight to anywhere in the world. This is something that at the time had never been done, and it was expensive. He first outlined how such a company would operate in 1962 as a paper that he wrote at Yale. Three years after the company began, thanks largely to rapidly rising fuel costs, FedEx was on the verge of bankruptcy, losing over a million a month, and no one was willing to give them additional loans. At the low point, the company had $5,000 to its name. Smith made a final pitch to General Dynamics for more funding. He was refused. And thus, off he went to gamble. He flew to Vegas, played blackjack that weekend with remaining money. Suddenly he had $32,000, which was enough to cover the fuel for their planes and to continue operating a few more days. Turns out a few days was all he needed. 
Smith successfully managed to raise $11 million to keep the company afloat, and by 1976, FedEx made its first profit of $3.6 million. Four years after that, the company's profits were nearly $40 million. Today, FedEx is worth over $25 to $35 billion. He is worth himself around $2 billion. So there it goes to show you that ultimately it takes a long time to become a success, and sometimes you almost fail. Have you ever seen video footage of FedEx or video footage of UPS? Everyone's hustling. Packages are flying around. And then you see video footage of the U.S. Postal Service. The post office needs to go bankrupt. They need to reorganize their company. They need to copy FedEx and UPS. And I know this is all, you know, if ifs and buts were candy nuts, what a party we'd have. But they need to do that if they're going to stay modern. Frederick Smith, founder of FedEx, was a member of the same fraternity that George Bush was a member of. He was also a member of the Skull and Bones. Bush offered him a position as his defense secretary in his administration, which he turned down twice, once due to his health and the second time due to uh, his daughter who was sick. FedEx has only a handful of planes at one point in time, and only had once as one of their planes crashed, resulting in the death of pilots. Interesting to note. His father died when he was four years old. His father made his fortune by founding the Smith Motor Coach Company in 1925, which was purchased by Greyhound. So he figured out transports by watching his dad figure out transports. The $95 million that FedEx raised originally would be worth about a half a billion today. So it shows you that, you know, it's impressive. Federal Oh, Express was their original name, later renamed FedEx in 1994. Since 2001, FedEx has handled all express mail and priority mail for the U.S. Postal Service. That contract ends in 2013. You're listening to me, Rob Black, on the Wall Street Business Network. What's in your financial playbook? Whether you're just starting out on the 20-yard line or driving toward the end zone, your chances of success depend on a solid game plan. Join Rob Black on February 2nd for back-to-back seminars on wealth management and wealth accumulation. From 9 a.m. to noon, it's wealth preservation and retirement planning with CFP Chad Burton. Learn tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, how to reduce risk by diversifying, and how to pull money out of the markets in retirement. Rob and Chad will discuss the economic outlook, portfolio structure, asset Application and more. At 1 p.m., it's Money 101 with the focus on wealth accumulation. Rob will cover everything from insurance, 401ks, IRAs, asset allocation, good debt and bad debt, and more. Learn hints, tips, and tricks and see how eliminating common mistakes can make a huge difference. Bring your portfolio and your questions to the Embassy Suites Hotel in Walnut Creek on February 2nd. Wealth preservation from 9 to noon, wealth accumulation from 1 to 4. Register today at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back again, Roberto Negro Edoleros. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 
Apple, big winner today on the markets. There was an analyst yesterday, and I'm not the biggest technician, but I want to give credit where credit's due, and I want to note something. First and foremost, taking a look at shares of Apple, depending on when you bought it or where you bought it, you may be happy, you may be sad. Bought it a year ago, you're happy. You're up 25 30%. Longer than that, you're up great. If you bought it three months ago, you may be very, very sad. So one analyst basically said when Apple got to 700 it was frothy, and he downgraded the stock, and he said it could go to 500 In fact, it could go to $494. Taking a look at the valuation right now, it's got a P of about 11 times earnings, 2.1% dividend. It's bouncing up 17 bucks today. It's got a P of next year's earnings of about 8 To give you an idea, and it's tough to give a comparison, Microsoft has a P of about 14 times this year's earnings and about eight and a half times next year's earnings. So both these tech companies trading on next year's valuations are pretty cheap. Google, historically, tech companies have traded about 24 times this year's earnings. Google's traded about 22 times this year's earnings, so they're catching a little bit of break, trading at 15 times, almost double as expensive as Apple. Can Apple pull into a Google-type business model? We'll see. But more importantly, back to this analyst. His name is Ken DeMarc. And if you... Tom DeMarc... And DeMarc is in D-E-M-A-R-K. One of the things that I, I do is when I find someone who is right, I Google search them. I put them in my Google search so that anytime any news hits on them, it's reported to me in my email. So he turned bearish on September 21. This looks like a very strong rally of at least 22%, he said. We wouldn't be surprised tomorrow to see Apple up big. We expect it to go up to about 600 in the next couple of weeks. He likened his call to a December 4 low in the Shanghai index, after which it turned positive as the rebound began. He says if the market were to decline and start to go bearish, yeah, Apple could fall another 100 bucks, but he thinks the bottom is in. It's worth noting. So, with that said, is it something that you should absolutely say, this guy was right. He said, you know, get out at 700, and he's saying get in at 494. It's worth noting. He's a technician. That's what he does for a living. So could it go to 600? It could. I care about valuation, but I know most people don't. I like comparing similar companies to similar companies. Home builder sentiment takes a pause in January but holds near a seven-year high. That's one of the stories out there. Home builders have been big winners. Financials have been big winners. In fact, Goldman Sachs had a great quarter this day. Now, I've been reporting on this a little bit recently. I think it's worth talking about a little bit more. Is tied towards the concept of the investment advice industry, of which I am part of. Helene Olan, she wrote a book called Pound Foolish Exposing the Dark Side of the Personal Finance Industry. At the World Money Show, which is an annual event that takes place in Orlando, Florida, every, every February, financial riches and opportunity are just around the corner. This thing can be bought out for a billion dollars at a time. At a booth for Best Choice Software, the pitchman surrounded by a swarm of mostly elderly men is yelling energetically, I've made millions of dollars using this system. So she's pointing out people that are misleading. She's showing you what money shows are all about. In the conference rooms of the Gaylord Hotel, discounted offers on unlimited riches proliferate. 
pontificators tell you what the market's going to do. I'm going to tell you what day it's going to happen. A bald and middle-aged guy promoting cycle profit, a tool he claims can help investors make gains of 70% annually. He'll yell, I know what silver is going to do next week and the week after. In another room at the Money Show, you can meet up with a day trading guru peddling an $8,000 two-day seminar, $7,500 if purchased at the Money Show, designed to teach anyone how to beat the markets. Okay, do you think any of these people would share this information with you if the system was true? So she asked that guy, she said, can you tell us of any of your losers? And he says, nope, I have no losers. I had one losing trade in 2010, and that was mere, more of a break-even. And do you really believe that? The amount of just garbage coming out of the personal financial industry, it's nauseating. The king of bad financial advice, Robert Kiyosaki. And then it trickles down from there. Money shows can be very, very dangerous. A CFP is considered a fiduciary. They're not allowed to mislead you. Or they could go to jail, they could have their business shut down. Now, other people, you know, they're protected by their freedom of speech. You know, be careful of big multi-million dollar empires devoted to supposedly helping the individual investor. You need to develop your own mantras, your own buys and sells, your own lists. The Money Show puts on 12 live events on four continents. They travel to New York, travel to London, Las Vegas, Shanghai. In Orlando, there's 275 speeches. So... I would be cautious. There's something called behavioral finance. A lot of investors, a lot of individuals, they didn't save enough in their 20s and their 30s, and they get this perversion. They get a perversion that they think someone else has better abilities than them or that they have software better than they could develop. At the height of the dot-com bubble in 1999, the North American Securities Administration discovered 70% of short-term traders lost money. 70% of people who try to make money at the height of the successful stock market, the most successful stock market in our life, that period from 92 to 2000, 70% were losing money. Almost three out of four people who have an account who try to buy foreign currency lose. So you hear the commercials about Forex? I have people that email me and ask me about the dinar, the Iraqi dinar. I find it laughable. So be very, very cautious on what you think people can promise you. Develop your own set of rules. Develop your own investment advice. It's the only way to get ahead in life, in my opinion. It's good. John in San Francisco. John, how are you? Pretty good, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, my mom got a letter about a class action lawsuit against B of A, and she has 1,500 shares, and I was just wondering if it's worth, her to get, worth, worth it for her to get involved. Can't hurt. So yeah. basically what you're saying is Bank of America, your mom owns 1,500 shares, and did she own it? 
you know, when it was a higher price stock? Uh, I'm not sure. She just showed me the letter the other day. So here's what's going to happen. Your mom's going to put her 1,500 $1, shares into a lawsuit. Um, lawyers are going to make all the money. Your mom's going to get pennies. But your mom's going to learn that's how the system works, and I think that's just as important as anything. Um, I was involved in one of those where you know you could tie your shares to it, and I got nothing. So it's a Sue Happy industry. If you don't like Sue Happy industries, don't attach your shares to it. Um, I doubt your mom's going to get much. If it was about a mortgage that she had, that's different than about shares that she had. So just throwing it out there for you. Um, If you want to read the complaint, yeah, 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 and thanks for the call. If you want to read the complaint, I I don't know which case this is. At any given time, there's lawsuits going on on a regular basis. I would strongly recommend um, picking up and reading as much as you can. So that book, by the way, Helene Olan, a New York-based journalist, Pound Foolish, Exposing the Dark Side of the Personal Finance Industry, she ripped into... Jim Cramer. She ripped into Robert Kiyosaki. She ripped into uh, others in the industry, and I think that's fantastic. Um, because, you know, again, a lot of you out there, you think that we're gurus. We're not gurus. You know, a lot of us have a lot of experience. What I try to do is show you some of the mistakes I've made and show you, you know, what, what people are talking about out there. And, like, taking some of the things that Warren Buffett's done and, and showing you how to become channel and inner Buffett greatest investor of all time. If I can make 700% or 70% a year, I guarantee you I'm running a hedge fund. And I guarantee you I'm flaunting my wealth. And I guarantee you I'm probably going to be dating an 18 to 25-year-old every five years of my life. And I guarantee you, like I'll have a small island and I'll populate it with nuclear bombs to keep the government away from me and my money. And I guarantee you like, if you could guarantee anything, there are no guarantees, and your mama taught you that. And shame on you for forgetting that. And things like the money show where they promise to teach you to trade, and they promise to teach you how to, you know, never lose money. Don't be that fool. So, again, I can't uh, endorse this book enough. Um, Helena Lawn and Pound Foolish. I highly recommend everyone pick it up. You know, Justin Bieber promoting a prepaid debit card. Bad idea. Oh, good golly. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money, talking all things financial. You can find me online. Rob Black Show is my Twitter account, Rob Black Show. YouTube is my channel, Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. You can also find me on my uh, podcast. A copy of the show will be up probably about 30 minutes after it's over or less. You can find that at iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money and or under kdow.biz. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Uh, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Dow component Boeing is under pressure today as two Japanese carriers suspended their 787 Dreamliner flights. They seem to have problems with the battery or with the electrical systems. 
So and an emergency landing had to be made. That was probably the worst possible news out there. Best possible news for Boeing will be to get it approved again by the U.S. government so that they can get back in the air. World Bank has cut the 2013 global GDP forecast from 3% down to 2.4%. This is important. Why? In large part, it's important because expectations and spreadsheets will come lower. So know that that's coming. Germany's struggling. The United States is recovering. We've got a healthy auto market right now. We've got a healthy housing market right now. Relatively healthy, relative. So don't get too caught up in it. One stock that had a, just a blowout quarter, in my opinion, was Goldman Sachs. Now, they're trading at 13 times this year's earnings, and they're trading at 10 times next year's earnings, which is exactly what I would pay. I don't think you need to ratchet up the earnings expectations. I don't think we're in that type of scenario. I think this is a good stock that you can consider. Keep in mind, the average Goldman Sachs employee makes $400,000 a year. I think it's a leader over time. I think it's led our market since 2012, slowly but surely gaining some speed and some momentum. I like Goldman Sachs as a long-term patient investor. It's not for everyone. It has some risks. Boomers who grew up during the hippie counterculture movement, unlikely to follow their parents' footsteps as they approach retirement. Boomers, many of them are turning 65, have no roadmaps. Before retirement was a destination, you had your retirement party, you bought a condo in Florida. Now it's a process. It's a journey that can be daunting. You may have to work longer. So be careful on who you work with in getting financial advice as a boomer. Navigating retirement, there's a lot of traps out there. There's a lot of people that will say, hey, give me your pension and I'll annuitize it. It's safe money. It's not. It's expensive. It's costly. It's high commissions. It can and does underperform. You don't want safe money. You don't want insurance acting as an investment. You don't want a retirement coach. You don't want a certified senior specialist because it's a title that means nothing. It's like me. I'm a certified alien specialist. I can work with UFO investors from all planets. So be cautious. Retirement planning can't only be based on dreams. Retirement planning needs funding. Retirement advice can be expensive. Anytime you meet with someone who's a so-called expert, they're going to charge you 100 dollars an hour. And I assure you, it all differs like golden clay, the advice. You're going to stay in the workforce, you're going to leave the workforce. I'd stay in the workforce as long as you can. I wouldn't dare think about getting out of the workforce until you are truly, truly ready to get out of the workforce. You should learn the difference between happiness and meaningfulness. Happiness and meaningfulness substantially and positively intercorrelated. Easy lives are happier, difficult lives are more sad. There's a great book out there called Man's Search for Meaning. It impacted me enormously. I no longer care about happiness. I care about meaningfulness. Anyhow, in anyway, I digress. 
Blue Shot Investments, CVS, Novartis, Walgreens, they're in the news today. Ford shows a real crazy way to reveal the future of pickup trucks in Detroit, which is pretty interesting. The new Ford Atlas is a concept, but it's going to be a good addition to their Ford's F-150 lineups. It's got the efficient EcoBoost engine. It's got a lot of aluminum in it. EcoBoost engine delivers fuel economies, gains of up to 20%, and reduces carbon dioxide emissions by 15%. It also has an auto start stop engine technology so that it shuts off while your car isn't moving. So if you're in bumper to bumper traffic, your engine shuts off for a second. How cool is that, right? So I like watching the uh, auto shows. And the news that comes out of the auto shows, I think that could be very helpful as an investor to see some of the futures of what's happening. Apple's heading higher today after bullish remarks from an analyst who basically called for the September retreat. He's now seen it as a $600 stock. Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan both trading higher. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. See, yeah, we're we're having a tough day moving higher. This is the first two months of the year. Going to have a lot of debt ceiling theatrics. A lot of debt selling theatrics. Um, so be ready. Have a little cash on the sidelines just in case the market implodes. You never want to be fully invested. You always want to have a little bit of cash. NASDAQ's up six and Dow is down 26. The SP 500 down one half of one point. I think these markets go higher by the end of the year based on valuations. I do not think you should be speculative on that kind of information. And I would not necessarily expect for the market to fall apart due to the debt ceiling negotiations. I just don't play that game. One of the greatest lines in TV comedy was, homie, don't play that game. Homie the clown, I don't play that game. Um, Crude oil prices have rallied 9%, but prices at the pump have remained flat. Interesting. One thing to note about that in particular is since December 10th, the price of crude oil has basically rallied about 9%. So there's an apparent break that consumers are getting at the pump. One has to look outside the United States to really figure out what's happened. You will see gasoline prices rise. Price of gasoline has been more closely correlated to the price of Brent crude rather than uh, WTI crude. Oh, I'm almost out of time. So relative positive for Americans having lower gasoline prices. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. You're Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. What's in your financial playbook? Whether you're just starting out... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.